Thank you, ladies. We join me as we pray. Father, thank you so much for your presence in this place, your presence in our lives, for this beautiful day that you have blessed us with. And uh, we just lift our praises up to you today, and we pray that we will honor you and we will glorify you with our music and with the spoken word and with our prayers. Our focus is on you, Father. Remove anything from our hearts and minds that would keep us from focusing on you and um, offering you the holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Again, thank you for your presence. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. We're glad that you joined us for worship today. Thank you for being here. Whether you joined us live or whether you joined us by live stream, we welcome you. And we pray that you feel God's presence as we worship him uh, this week. Um, if you're visiting with us today or you're a guest, uh, I would invite you to go by the Welcome Center and pick up one of those bags that has a gift in it and has some information for you. We're still doing the QR codes. If you put your camera up to that, it'll take you to a website where you can find the Digital Connect card. You can find news and announcements. You can find prayer requests and much, many more pieces of information there. So uh, give that a try, and if you have any questions, we'll be happy to answer them. But we're just glad you're here, and we pray that you feel God's presence as we worship him today. As out of an abundance of caution, as our greet, as greet one another, just stand, wave at those around you, and let them know you're glad they're worshiping with you today. Now you join as we sing together. What a wonderful change in my life.
Blessed be the name of the Lord. You join as we continue in worship together.
Amen. What a beautiful, beautiful song and a beautiful reminder of God's amazing grace that sets us free from those chains that oftentimes bind us. We'd like to welcome you to this time of worship. For those of you worshiping here in person, for those of you worshiping with us online, we welcome you. Thank you for being here today, and we welcome the presence of the Lord in this place. You know, the Lord laid on my heart just yesterday, and then I shared this at the early service, that this season that we've been through and now are continuing to go through, it's, it's really affected people in more ways than just physical, emotionally and mentally, and I believe a lot of people have suffered from depression during this time in some form or another. And so today, if you're one that's been affected by depression, I want you to know that you're not alone. God loves you, and we love you, and God promises to be with you and me. And when we offer a time of prayer here at the altar, it's for everyone. You're welcome to come pray, or you can pray from your seat. But especially if you're battling some form of depression, you might want to stand or you're welcome to come to this altar, but I'd like to say a special prayer for you because uh, we know what you're going through. And I'm going to invite you at this time, if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, to join me at this altar for prayer. Won't you come pray with me? Father, we come before you today with grateful hearts. We're thankful, Lord, for your amazing grace. You tell us in your word that your grace is sufficient and your power is made perfect in weakness. And God, we thank you for that mercy and for your grace and for your love. And God, words cannot adequately express how thankful we are for our salvation in Christ. Thank you that you loved us that much that you would be willing to die for us. And Father, we come to humble ourselves before an almighty God, trusting that you would lift us up, lift us up, oh God, from the depths of depression. Lord, I pray a special prayer today for folks battling any form of depression we know, God, that the enemy will try to kick us when we're down. May he have no victory in our lives. Father, he's already defeated. And I pray, Lord, you would deliver those who are battling depression. Give them a peace that passes all understanding through Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for folks battling sickness, illness, some battling COVID, God, would you bring healing to them? And Father, protect others from this virus. We pray this pandemic would end, Father, and these variants would end. And Lord, that everyone would be safe and protected. Father, we pray for folks going through treatments. We have many battling forms of cancer and other illness. We know you're the great healer. 
and the great physician. Bring healing, we pray. Father, we pray for others who are grieving. So many have suffered loss. May they feel your supernatural comfort and love. Father, I, I had a member to share with me that they flatlined during a test this past a couple of weeks. Praise God, Lord, that they're alive today. Father, I pray for my friend who asked me to pray for a buddy that's right now in life support. I pray, God, that you would bring healing and bring a miracle, God, and comfort his family, Lord, that they may know they're not alone. Father, we continue to pray for this nation that we would turn back to you. And, Lord, that you would bring that revival and spiritual awakening we've been praying for. Bless all the churches that preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Bless all of our schools as they're getting ready to go back. Protect the children. Protect the, the teachers and administrators. Father, bless the students going to college that you would keep them safe. Father, we just pray that if there are those here today that have never placed their trust in you, may today be the day of salvation. May Christians come back to you. May families be restored, relationships be reconciled. Father, may finances, Father, be brought from places we never dreamed or imagined to meet needs. May jobs be provided. May love be found. Oh, God, we just commit this service to you, and we thank you for the victories we trust you to bring. Continue to bless the music and the musicians. Bless your word and your servant, and help me, oh, God, and my weakness. May I be strong through Christ, for we love you and we praise you and we thank you in the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to what will be a familiar passage to many of you? It's one that I've shared uh, before throughout the years and uh, in light of everything that's going on, I just felt that it was uh, necessary uh, through the Lord's leading to share these words found in Philippians chapter 4. And after the reading of God's word, the choir will be coming uh, to lead us. Thank you all for being here today. Begin with verse 4 of Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
thank you. What a beautiful song. What a beautiful message for us. Thank you for being here today. And I always like to share a little humor. This is a little pun fun for you. Uh, what do you call 10 rabbits marching backward? A receding hairline. I combed over many jokes looking for that one. And I picked that one just, uh, it was a hair better than the one that I was going to share, but, you know, I'll stop. I'll stop going any further. But um, if you were like me, how many of us thought things were just starting to get back to normal? And uh, at least it felt more like normal. I mean, people have been going on vacations. Uh, dining rooms and restaurants finally open. Uh, crowds at ball games picking up. Crowds at community events starting to pick up. Crowds even here at church. I think the last week or two, the largest crowds we've had since uh, COVID began. And, and then, boom, <laughs> out of nowhere, we find ourselves once again with worry and fear and frustration just as we're trying to get our children back at school just as we're trying to plan some exciting events for the ministries of the church just when we're ready to to move forward and get back to normal whatever normal is or whatever the new normal is we're excited to go and then boom whoop there it is and it's caused folks now to be in a precarious place and that's exactly the kind of place Paul was in in our scripture reading today Paul was writing to the church at Philippi to thank them for an offering that they had sent him upon learning of his detention in Rome he was writing to report on his own circumstances he was writing to encourage the new believers to stand firm in the face of persecution and to rejoice regardless of their circumstance. He was exhorting them to humility and to unity. He was asking them to guard themselves against disagreements, against false teachings. He had many reasons for writing, but Paul was in his own rented house. He wasn't in the Mamertine dungeon where he wrote Second Timothy, but he was in his own rented house in Rome where he was free to impart the gospel for two years. And it's possible that through this season we've been through, you have felt imprisoned, imprisoned by worry and frustrated by fear and overwhelmed by the circumstance or the situation. And and now again, you find yourself saying, what's next? What, what's going to happen? Or, or you're frozen, not knowing what to do. But I believe through this passage of Scripture that, again, we've shared on many occasions, and I actually pray it almost daily, this passage of Scripture, and I pray maybe you'll commit it to memory after today because at least part of it because it's so powerful. Paul gives a sure, cure solution to whatever we're feeling today. If it's the worry, if it's the fear, if it's the frustration or the discouragement, 
or the uncertainty or the anxiety. This is a sure cure solution to how we're feeling, and I hope and pray God will speak to you through it. The first thing Paul teaches us in this passage is that we are to rejoice in the Lord. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now remember, Paul's in prison when he's written this. Paul uses the word joy or rejoicing 16 times in this short letter of four chapters. So we know he's trying to get the message of cross that we are to rejoice. Rejoicing is not a word that, that we are to reserve for special times of worship or praise. As a matter of fact, he said we are to rejoice in the Lord always. So we are to rejoice in the Lord always, uninterrupted, unbroken, be in a state of awareness of the presence of God, and through a relationship with Him, we have that inner joy, regardless of our circumstance. Now, the condition must have been such at Philippi that Paul deemed necessary to say it, rejoice in the Lord always, and I'll say it again. Maybe they thought it was unreasonable the state they were in to rejoice, but he was emphasizing, re-emphasizing, I'm telling you, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to tell you again, I'm going to say it again, rejoice. Don't we need to be reminded that we too are to rejoice in everything God has done for you and he's done for me? Through giving us his son, Jesus Christ, that's cause enough that we ought to rejoice and thank him every day. I've shared with you when I go jogging in an afternoon, my first mile is really just praising God and thanking him for everything he's given me. I rejoice in the cross. I rejoice in Jesus dying for us, that he loved us that much, for his mercy, his grace. I thank him for the empty tomb, for the resurrection. I thank him that he's going to return one day. I, I thank him for my wife, my children, my family for you, this church, for our freedom. I go on and on, a mile's worth of just thanking God. And I could do all three miles or four just rejoicing and thanking God for everything he's blessed us with. We all need to be in a state of rejoicing. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, be joyful always or rejoice always. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul described himself, I'm sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. This past Friday night, I, I did a wedding here in this church, and one of the passages of Scripture I use for this couple is Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. We are to have a cheerful, joyful heart. I've shared with you, Christians should have the light and love of Jesus just oozing out of us. We should be a people of rejoicing and a happy people, a, a people filled with great joy. The psalmist David wrote in Psalm 118, 24, this is the day. 
the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I challenged you all quite some time ago, and I have one sweet lady that told me she, first thing when she wakes up in the morning, that's the first thing out of her mouth. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Wouldn't that be a great way to start your day? To say that this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That's a great way to start the day. I had a great start to my morning last Monday. I've shared with you a lot of times I'm a breakfast restaurant connoisseur. If you, if you want to know where to find it, so I was over at the DQ eating a breakfast of champions last Monday, but not just any DQ. And, and if you are an owner or, or you're affiliated with the DQ on the east side of Frankfurt, my apologies because I've not been there for breakfast in a while, but I make my way over to the Versailles DQ by Woodford County High School because their biscuits and gravy have chunks of sausage in it. I can't stand just getting milk gravy with no sausage chunks. I mean, show me the meat. You know, that's, that's why I drive all the way to Versailles. I drive because it's a beautiful, a sick route with the horse farms on both sides. I'm listening to Christian music, Caleb, or someone preaching on WJMN. I'm praying and my, my saliva glands are just salivating, thinking about that biscuit and gravy. And I didn't eat breakfast today, so I'm really hungry right now. <laughs> and even when I'm feeling kind of wild, I might get a side of bacon to have two meats of bacon and sausage. Well, last Monday, to get to the point, I went to my DQ over in Versailles, and there was a truck in front of me, and then when it was my turn, and and I knew with my large Coke and the biscuit and gravy and a side of bacon, it was going to be about $7.19, if you want to know. I know how much it cost. And I got up to the window, and the sweet lady said, the man in front of you paid for your breakfast today. And she went on to say, the man said he didn't know you, but that last week he had had such a terrible week and he wanted to get his week started out right. So he wanted to pay for the breakfast of the person behind him in hopes that he was going to have a much better week and he wanted to start it off right. And I thank God, I rejoice that somebody cared enough about a complete stranger behind him and that he wanted to get his week started out right by, by getting breakfast for me. We fail to thank God for those little things that mean so much, to rejoice. And who knows what we might do for someone else that will make their week to help them get started off on the right track. It doesn't have to be breakfast. It could be something very small or something very great. But I rejoice that there was a man who took the time and the effort to do something kind for a complete stranger. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And the second part of this, sure cure 
solution is that we must reflect the Lord. We must reflect the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. I looked up the word gentleness is one of the most difficult words in the Greek language to translate. Some translations uh, say that the word is um, softness. Others say patience. Some say moderation. Another says forbearance. But honestly, it's Christ-like consideration for others. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Gentleness is a lost word in our society today, isn't it? I mean, we're living in a world of curt, uh, short fuse, anger, condemnation, judgmental, fault-finding, critical, uh, downright rude many times, and yet we are called to be gentle. Gentleness in our words, gentleness in our actions, gentleness in the way we handle our relationship with people and our attitude, gentleness. I mean, didn't Jesus model that for us? In Matthew chapter 11, 28 and 29, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble and heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then he would go on to say that my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus said, learn from me. I'm humble and gentle of heart. We oftentimes forget that gentleness is one of the fruits of the Spirit that reflect Christ in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I pray that we would strive. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Let me ask you this. When people see you, do they see gentleness? When you look in the mirror, do you see gentleness? Or do you see someone that you don't particularly care for? Someone that's not very gentle. Someone that many times is angry or rude, and that's evident to people. People have to walk around on the eggshells around you, afraid they're going to set off the bomb, going to make somebody upset. We, you have to tiptoe around. We are to display gentleness. Why? It said the Lord is near. Would you all not agree with me? Of course, think about it. A thousand years in the eyes of God are, are like a day. But if they were looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ, then how much closer are we today? And so we are to be living our lives in such a way that we are reflecting Jesus. Let me ask you this. Are you reflecting Jesus on social media? Are you reflecting Jesus in your political views? Are you reflecting Jesus on your sports teams? Are you reflecting Jesus 
in your relationships and at your workplace and, and in your circle of friends? Are you reflecting Jesus? You know the answer. You either are or you're not. But we are to reflect Jesus by the way we live our lives. Peter said it this way in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. He said, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all else, love one another because love covers a multitude of sins. So above all, we are to reflect Jesus and his love. And sometimes that's hard to reflect Jesus, isn't it? I shared at the early service, just recently, I had somebody to call me, and I want to tell you this up front. I wasn't the problem. And the problem didn't have to do with anything really in this church. It was a personal matter, but I got to be the whipping boy. And this person unloaded on me, and man, they... they called me everything, and you, you, they were just unloading, and unloading. And I have to be honest with you, my humanness came out at one point. I said, I don't appreciate you talking to me like that. And they went on for a few minutes, and they said, well, I'm going to get off here before I say something I regret. I'm like, like you haven't already? Are you kidding me? What else you got? I've heard it all. Like I've been at King's Island, I did it all. I've heard it all. But you know what I thought? This person is dealing with some junk in their lives, and, and it was flooding over, and so who can I take it out on? I got to take it out on somebody. And many times the church, or we as Christians, get to be the fortunate ones to listen to some people rant and rave when I knew it was much deeper than anything to do with me or this church but I was the one that the frustration was unleashed on and so I prayed for that person I prayed for them you know that would have been a time where I could have ruined my witness or I would reflect the Lord and so you know I think Jesus certainly wants us to be able to turn the other cheek we are to be able to say, speak the truth in love. I don't appreciate the way you're talking to me, but not in a angry, condescending, but, and as a result, I pray that the Lord was glorified through it. And I hope that one day this person will say, wow, I, I was out of place. There was no reason for me to unload untied like that and I told Kelly I loved her anyway so anyway I'm kidding I'm kidding it wasn't my wife I'm teasing I'm kidding you we are to we are to reflect reflect the Lord and lastly we are to respond to the Lord now this is if you don't memorize anything memorize these two verses some of y'all and this is what I pray actually I pray this prayer this, these verses over one of my children every day is six and seven. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, you present your request to God, and the peace of God, 
that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's beautiful. Beautiful. How many of us have been enslaved to or imprisoned by our anxiety and our worry and our fear? And to the point where you can't sleep at night or, or you can't have a normal day because of the anxiousness and the, and the worry. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, 27, that great Sermon on the Mount that we've talked about, he said, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Then he goes on to say in verse 34, uh, each day has enough worry of its own. And each, each day will uh, take care of itself. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And you remember, if you would go back to verse 33, is when he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given or added unto you. When we put him in first place, when we respond to Christ and not worry, Dr. David Jeremiah shared these statistics that 40% of the things we worry about never happen. 30% of things we worry about are in the past that are out of our control now. 12% of what we worry about deal with health issues, and that's when we're not even ill. 10% of what we worry about are about friends or or neighbors when there's no concrete evidence or fact to support it. And only 8% of the things we worry about have some basis of reality. So in other words, over 90% of what we worry about isn't going to happen. But yet many times we are worrying and stewing and, and anxious about things when I believe the devil even uses them. When he knows we struggle with that, he uses it to just cause us to be less than our best. Don't let him have that pleasure. We're not to be anxious about anything, but in everything, not some things or just work-related or family-related or financial-related or, or decision in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present our request to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Remember Jesus before going to the cross in John 14, 27, he said, peace I give you. My peace I leave you. Now he wasn't just talking about shalom peace out of Hebrew, but he was saying salvation peace I give you and I leave you this kind of peace. Paul said in Romans 5, 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 7, Cast all your anxiety upon the Lord because he cares for you. Our response today would not be to react to the world and this craziness all around us, but to respond to the Lord and say, I want to get things right. 
and you are never going to be at peace with anyone or anything until you get things right with God. The reason you can't get along with your spouse or your family member or your neighbor or your teammate or your friend or a fellow Christian is because maybe we are not at peace with the Lord. And I pray today that you would make peace with him. Respond to the Lord. Don't react to the world. Respond to the Lord. And you will receive a peace that passes all understanding. I want to tell you, I'm so excited about what God's doing in this church. Again, with, with everything trying to get fired back up and who knows what tomorrow holds, one day at a time, we're we're embracing the moment, we're carpe diem, we're seizing the day, we're, we're doing all we can to embrace this time. But I'm so excited that there is a longing and a hunger for Jesus right now. I'm thankful this past week I met with a 9-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 27-year-old, and they all received Christ, and they want to follow through believers' baptism. had a man that left a message on my phone yesterday that, I had shared a few weeks ago, had prayed to receive Christ at the beginning of COVID, he and his daughter, and they want to be baptized at the Creek baptism coming up. We have people that are children that have accepted Christ at VBS, wanting to follow through with their commitment. I'm so excited that people are responding to the Lord and want to follow through believers' baptism. What about you? What about you? Have you made that commitment to say, I'm ready. I'm ready to rejoice in the Lord. I'm ready to reflect his likeness. And I'm ready to respond to what he's asking me to do, to give my life to him. Have you done that today? You're not going to have real peace until you confess your sin, ask for his forgiveness, and invite him to come in. Maybe you've been visiting this church and you feel the Holy Spirit, and you want to unite with the church family. Again, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. If you're looking for fault, you'll find it. But if you're looking for him, you'll find him too in his presence. Or maybe you're a Christian and you say, you know what? Be honest with you, I've been kind of angry. I've, I've unloaded on some people. I really haven't set a very good example when my coworkers, when my family, when my friends have looked at me, they're not seeing Jesus. They're seeing someone they can't stand. And I pray today that we would allow Jesus to come in and give us a, a makeover, a spiritual makeover. That's what we all need, a spiritual makeover. And then allow him to use us to bring glory to him. Aren't you ready to do that today? It's a sure cure solution for what we're going through today. May we pray. Father, I pray in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or young people or children, Lord, that needed to be reminded today that we don't have to worry we don't have to be anxious or to be afraid because we rejoice that you promise you're with us we rejoice that you've saved us we rejoice that the battle belongs to the lord we rejoice but thanks be to god uh, we have victory through our lord jesus christ 
Lord, if there's someone that's never given their heart and life to you, may today be the day of salvation. May someone confess their sin, ask for your forgiveness, and invite you to come in. This would be just the beginning of living a long life for you. Or Father, maybe there are folks that have been looking for a church home, and God, this is a special place. And Father, a field hospital for sin, sick, and hurting, a place where we can come with our brokenness and our burdens and our depression and our anxiety and fears and sin, and we can find healing. Oh, God, may some new family members come in today. Or, Lord, maybe there's some Christians that have grown cold and complacent, and they've been uh, affected by this world and the way it reacts. Lord, may we respond to you today, and may we be willing to answer your call and to place our trust completely, fully, totally in you, knowing that you will bring a peace that passes all understanding. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray, amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to stand, and this is a hymn of commitment, an invitation for you to come. If you're watching at home, please contact us if we can speak to you and pray with you about your decision. But won't you come as we sing together?
What a beautiful way to conclude this service. Trusting Jesus, that is all. And I pray that we would all leave here today trusting Jesus. Thank you for worshiping with us both here in person and online. I hope you will continue to worship with us as we are excited about getting things rolling uh, in August back to our prayer meetings, our fellowship meal. Uh, and we're excited again to get Sunday nights going. First kickoff will be a Creek baptism on the 29th at 5 o'clock. Please contact me or us if you would like to be baptized. Lord willing, and the Creek adults and children signed up supposed to meet with several more folks this week uh, if you get a chance to see the hardesties amelia hardesty made her public profession of faith at the early she prayed to receive christ at vbs and then also tinsley broughton accepted Christ, and this is uh, Jason and Shannon Broughton's daughter. She, too, accepted Christ at VBS. So I'm so excited to see God moving and working, and we celebrate uh, what he's doing in their lives. We celebrate what God's doing in your life as well. Please feel free to contact me or our staff if we can ever pray with you or help you or talk with you about a spiritual decision. But thank you for being here today. Hope you have an awesome afternoon. Bill, would you close us in a song? Remember how much God loves you and we love you too. Thank you and God bless you.